Hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Pixel Podcast. I'm Amanda, a lead designer on the Yahoo Creative Studio team, and I'll be your host today. Joining me is Mo Soltani, a lead designer on the Yahoo Creative Studios team, and today we will be, will be discussing a term he coined, Ad Snacks. Welcome, Mo. Hello, Amanda. Excited to talk about Ad Snacks today with you. Awesome. Me too. Uh, for the listeners, Mo and I are a part of a committee at Yahoo called Own Your Own Brand. And in this committee, we help designers across the company strengthen their interpersonal skills. We've had a lot of successful pilots run that designers have loved. And through this initiative, we've had the opportunity to take part in the Purple Pixel podcast. And we're super excited to be here today. Don't you just love that? One open door leads to another. I agree. All right. Well, let's get started. Mo, tell me a little bit about what you do at Yahoo and, and what do you work on? I'm on the Yahoo Creative Studios team, and our team is like a one-stop shop from creative idea to launching. I help beauty up ads by taking brand assets from clients and designing and conceptualizing them. I also work on innovation, conceptualizing new products, and enhancing existing ones. Wow, that sounds like a very busy schedule. So Mo, when did you know that you wanted to study design and go to design school? Well, I always liked to draw when I was just a kid and write stories. Art class and technology class were my favorite classes in middle school. And then in high school, I saw a class called graphic design. And that was the first time digital art was introduced to me. And I loved it. Uh, out of everything else I was learning in high school, that's the only one that I could actually see pursuing as a career because it allowed me to use my creativity in a way I never used it before. A good teacher I had when I was in high school told me to make sure I pick a career that I will actually enjoy doing because if I'm happy, it won't feel like a job. That's when I knew I got to design somehow in some form, I would be doing a career that I would be happy in. It's so inspiring to hear that you had a high school teacher who gave you great advice at a really pivotal time in your life. Having a good teacher can be really impactful in one's career. And when I went to study graphic design at the Fashion Institute, I had a really great teacher who was actually working in the industry and he had reviewed my portfolio and he told me pretty straight up that basically I should copy what others do, but do it better. I know that kind of sounds basic and maybe not that inspiring, but it really helped me realize that I don't need to create something brand new or crazy innovative, and it really helped boost my design confidence. So I just wanted to share that when you were briefly mentioning um, your experience. Yeah, shout out to Miss King. You know, I think one of the most important things about having a teacher like that is that they really show they care about you as a person and they see the potential in you and they push you to do your best. Absolutely. And Mo, also on that note, I think it's really important to call out how great it was that you had art and technology classes in middle school and then graphic design in high school. I was in private schools my whole life and we didn't even have those type of classes when I thought I was getting access to a better education. But in either way, we were both so lucky to have access to the arts in some form or another that helped shape our careers. With you having the experience you did at middle school and high school and then going on to the Art Institute, and I was lucky enough to go to the Fashion Institute. But today we're seeing such a huge decline in resources and funding for schools to have these programs. It's really sad. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's crucial to continue arts and technology programs for kids of all ages today. So kids know, like I did, it's possible to pursue your careers in these fields. If they aren't exposed, they may not be able to develop their unknown talents. When I had my first graphic design class, 
I didn't know I wanted to do it. And when I had the class, I, I knew instantly that it was different from any other class I took before in, in a good way. That's so neat because my my high school did not offer graphic design. So that's so awesome that no? your high school offers that. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are so, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So Mo, um, I know you went to the Art Institute, um, but the listeners don't know yet. So can you share what your experience was like there and what did you enjoy learning about the most? Yeah, um, the Art Institute was definitely like a really good school to, uh, to go to study design. I was fortunate that I got to take half the program in Philadelphia and half the, other, um, the program in Los Angeles. At the time, I thought there were definitely two different like styles of design taught and practice on the West Coast versus the East Coast. And it was really happening all over the world. You can look at designers in South America and Europe and Asia at that time, and you can really see different design styles. And it was even apparent between West Coast and East Coast right here in the United States. So I thought it was really great that I got to the best of both worlds. Um, when I started at the school, I, st I was studying graphic design and then I was so intrigued by like user experience and user interface design. I realized I wanted more than just studying graphic design. And, and there was another program and you one called uh, Web and Interactive Media Design. So I decided to switch after my first year to get my degree in that study. Uh, for me, that offered more range on where I can take my graphic design skills and how I can tie them in to human interaction. I knew this would open up more possibilities and I knew it was like the right move I wanted to take in my career. Wow, I really love that your curriculum included web and interactive design. The Art Institute sounds like they're really on top of the industry trends, which is so important in this day and age. Um, I personally did my undergrad at SF State and when I had completed all my courses, I really felt like everything was pretty outdated and it didn't really translate to the current industry trends. And in fact, I, I didn't walk away with a portfolio or anything of value to show when trying to get a job. So I, I do wanna just kind of call out that it's so important to choose a school like you did, focused in our field, specifically design, because the subject matter can really help guide and shape the decisions you make in your career, like it did for you. Okay, Mo, so fast forward to now, how did you end up in advertising? Was that intentional or was that accidental? It was accidental. My first job out of <laughs> of course, my first job out of college was creating banners in Flash. Now they call it Animate. Uh, I always liked digital more than print, but I definitely admire good design on both sides. After getting into the digital advertising world with my first job, I love the fast pacedness of this industry and all the clients you get to work with. And I've worked on every client under the sun and to be involved with huge brands and products made me feel like my job was very important. So I knew advertising was going to be the journey for me. I love it. I couldn't agree more. Being able to work on so many different brands all the time, it really keeps things interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, Mo. Well, I feel like our listeners should have a pretty good sense of your background. So let's let's switch gears and head into today's topic. Can you tell me what the bleep for users are not going to curse is an ad snack? Ad snacks are digital ads that are eye candy. The visual layout and content of the ad can easily capture the audience's attention by displaying one or more of the following qualities, creativity, beauty, innovation, and also just simply if they're on trend. Ads can be like seeing a magic trick. With creativity and animation, you can bring the product to life right in front of the consumer. 
this is an example of an ad snack. Take for instance, a Febreze ad, you might get this ad served to you online in a square flat box, but suddenly the box is like a portal into a scene that starts off in a tropical Hawaiian setting via video or image. Just to find out after it pans out to reveal a Febreze bottle in your home living room. And that beautiful Hawaiian scent can be how your home can smell if you own this scent in a bottle from Febreze. That after a moment gave you an experience meant to plant a seed in your head that when next time you're at the store, you will remember the scent you haven't even smelled yet, but know what to expect when you buy your own Febreze bottle. To me, that's what ads are supposed to do. They have to capture the user's attention with the goal of causing an action. And most of that time, the action is to purchase the product they're selling. If you look at the very first digital ad banner from AT&T in October of 1994, they're not the digital banners you see today. They're not just text, copy, and call to action buttons anymore. Digital ads have evolved to much more. Now you can incorporate 3D, augmented reality, video, interactive games, quizzes, camera filters, anchors to the page, moments, and much more. It's really whatever the designer can think of from their imagination and what their team of developers are capable of creating that can be delivered at scale. Now we're seeing more and more of these clever ways ads are capturing the attention of audiences everywhere. And these kind of ads are something I've always been passionate about. And I started capturing these ads whenever I find them and sharing them with the design team at Yahoo as ad snacks to showcase these enticing features within ads and why these ads are so cool. Mo, after going on that journey with you, you really painted a visual picture with your words in describing ad snacks for me. I think that so many of us are programmed to see the enemy in ads that we don't take the time to appreciate the beauty. And ads really can be another form of art in our everyday world that we can learn to love and appreciate its impact on us. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it's really exciting to learn about ad snacks. Mo, so why do you think that so many people view ads as the enemy? How can we change our perspective on them? I, that's a great question, Amanda. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I think there's a couple factors here. Some see them as like intrusive. For example, they're on a page to or an article to look up something or read content about something of interest to them. And they're not trying to necessarily get served anything else than what they came looking for. But that's fine because ads are also about selling you something you don't know yet that you need to own. And other times it could be the wrong product for the customer viewing the ad. And that can be annoying as well. But you know, now dynamic ads, the relatively of the ad being served to the user now can get really close to actually identifying someone that really would be interested in the product from the ad they're seeing. In a lot of the cases, it can really uh, reach people to expose them to something that can even improve their lives. Even if it's a dress or a pair of shoes or a travel deal or a hair growing product that's innovative. Other times it is like the wild, wild west with online ads, but no matter what, Good design will always stand out and hopefully not seem so intrusive to the user. I'm so glad that you mentioned dynamic ads. I think that contextually relevant ads are so powerful and I'm personally a huge fan of the work we do here at Yahoo and also just the dynamic creative ads that I'm served. What you just described also reminded me of a current article I read that not only should ads be served to you based on your interests, needs, location, etc., but also that they should be a reflection of the content surrounding them. They gave a good example. So let's just say you're in the market for a new face mask and an ad is served to me on an article page. 
and it happens to be that it's about the best spa days near day spas near me or tips for relaxing after a busy day. So basically, not only is that ad targeted to me, but it's also relevant to the content surrounding it. And I think that would really be revolutionary for ad designs. I'm also a huge fan of native ads, and I wanted to just share that with you today. Yeah, that's that's great that you're uh, you love native ads. I think native ads are awesome as well. Can I ask you this? Why are you a huge fan of native ads? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I always find that they're really unintrusive and they seamlessly fit within the page. So I don't actually recognize they're that they're an ad. They really feel like content to me. Yeah, and I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I really like that about native ads as well. And I also, I've been seeing native ads evolve more and more. They can certainly be an ad snack too. The main difference between native ads and ads out in the wild is that the ad spot for a native ad feels really native to the page. And that's what's uh, really cool about them. I love it. That's it's good to think of ad snacks as also being able to be native ads. So I like to hear that. Okay, Mo. So, you know, as we're talking about viewing ads and and you know, looking at them with a different perspective, what is it that you feel sets you apart from the general audience who are viewing ads? Okay, so I actually thought about this one for, for a while and I, I actually notice all the ads I see when I'm online. It's ridiculous, but I think it's just like in my blood now from, being, from working in advertisement uh, so long. Uh, I've never had the ad blocker on and I observe all the ads in literally seconds I can identify if it's unique and has one of the factors uh, to make it an ad snack or if it's just blah. And a lot of the times it is blah, but that's okay. It's really when I notice something new and cool or on trend that I can definitely recognize right away. Uh, I think I just have an eye for ad snacks because I constantly seek inspiration and being uh, in the field of online advertising, I get a lot of my inspiration from the ads I view uh, a lot of the times when I'm just under the cloak of just another online consumer and not necessarily an online advertisement designer, that happens when I'm not Mo the designer and just Mo the consumer, but I'm still Mo the designer. I think that your inspiring perspective can help our listeners shape their outlook on viewing ads. I almost think ad snacks is more of a mindset, a method of changing the way your mind sees ads. It can almost be another way of being mindful in your daily routine. If you apply this new approach that Mo's presented, it can allow us to slow down, take a closer look when we're browsing through the web and really try and appreciate what is in front of us. And, you know, on that note, what do you think our listeners can take away from what you shared today and what they can apply to their mindset when they're viewing ads in the future? I say you just keep an open mind and turn off ad blocker. You'll never know what you'll find out there. And at the end of the day, an ad is meant to inform audiences of a product or service. It may be something you're missing in your life that can drastically improve it from the consumer side. If you're a designer, it's a good way to see what brands are doing uh, it right and what they solve for aesthetically that is reaching their consumers more profoundly. And uh, last but not least, it's about design. And if you're a designer, you can find a lot of your inspiration in ad design. Amazing, though. Thank you. I'm after listening to you today, I know that like I personally have a different perspective on ads and I'm going to be more aware of keeping my eyes peeled for ad snacks in the wilds. And speaking of that, Mo, can you share where our listeners can catch more of your ad snack info to come? 
Sure. I have an article on ad snacks. You can check out in the link in the podcast where you can actually get to see a couple of ad snacks and uh, read all about them if you're interested. And uh, Amanda, I just want to say thank you for having me today. I had a really great time. That's great. Well, we'll follow up with those resources when they're available and we look forward to speaking with you again. So thank you so much to everyone and to Mo for being here today. We look forward to seeing you all at our next episode of Purple Pixel Podcast. Ciao. Ciao.